0: All right, all right, brother Cliff. Much better. Thank you. Good to see you. That all right then? We did. Yes, sir. Taste? I never lost my taste. No, yeah, yeah, never lost my taste. So that was one symptom we didn't have to deal with. There you go. Yeah. How you do, brother? Good to see you. Ah, do I hear that your father-in-law has it now? He well, does. What? What are his symptoms? How? How is he? Well, I
1: don't know. Oh, about it, um, they just talked about it yesterday. Hope just went over and saw him, not him. Yeah, so just him. gosh, or,
0: okay. Well, we'll be praying for him and hope it doesn't make its rounds through the family.
1: Yeah, he was feeling and I guess. Tuesday, he was coughing.
0: That was our worst. Other
1: than that, I don't know. He, he, didn't get it the first time around.
0: No, this is our, this is Wendy and Miles, both first time to have it.
1: Um, it. chills or anything? Did you
0: often? We had, we both ran fever. I, Wendy, I think, ran fever a couple of days more than I did. I ran fever for about three days. Um, Brother Jimmy, good to see you. How are you? Brother Perry Baker. I'm
1: doing
0: Sounds yeah. good. Thank you, brother. Hey, Brother Danny. Thank you. It's good to see you, brother. But we, yeah, we, we had hot, okay. cold, just, you know, with the fever. We went back and forth between those two extremes for about three days. Well,
1: I, I, don't, I don't know which period.
0: I, I don't know. But I did.
1: times yeah, where I yeah.
0: couldn't get I, mean, oh, I hey. had like five blankets on yeah, top of me. Yeah I was just yeah. see that's miserable. That was <laughs> that is miserable. Yeah. yeah I, the fever was like oh, yeah. oh okay. Yeah you would think with the heels that Wendy had a little bit of a stomach issue, hers, that I didn't have. It, like, it felt like the flu to me. His, his Drew, got it. Yeah, he, his fever got up to 102 for about three days uh, without, you know, without Tylenol. And a cough. Mainly it was a fever and cough for him. But he's he's doing a lot better too. Yeah, yeah thank you. <laughs> good to see you. All right, good evening to everyone. Brother Howard, good to see you, brother,
1: good to see you,
0: I know it, much better, much better, we are are back among the living, yes, thank you, it's good to see you, all right, great to see everybody this evening, hey, oh, thank you all so much uh, for the uh, prayers and calls, text, food, we just appreciate that so very much. While we were dealing with COVID last week and uh, feeling a lot better, just um, a little bit of a lingering cough and and uh, the energy level not quite back to, you know, where we'd like it to be, but otherwise just doing so much better. And we're so, so thankful for that and appreciate so much y'all's uh, prayers and, and uh, love and concern. Um, Brother David Bass has tested positive uh, for COVID, so he is uh, Homesick, so we'll be praying for him, and uh, that it doesn't make its run through the entire family. Hope I hope it won't. Um, and then Sister Vani, uh, she there's been a, a couple more things detected, um, and she's going to have a lumpectomy, and uh, so we need to be praying uh, for her um, with the breast cancer that she's dealing with. And she had a really um, horrible incident yesterday. Uh, Her next door neighbor, apparently they raised an eight point buck from birth to adulthood and they keep it on their property and it jumped the fence into Vani's yard while she was out in the yard and attacked her. Um, It took her about 20 minutes to be able to get the away from the deer to get back into her house. She's little cut up, bruised up. She just, um, she's not here tonight. I mean, she was just so shaken up by the whole thing. She did not think she was going to get away from this deer um, before it just gored her to death. So um, it was just a really scary thing for her. And so she would love to be here tonight otherwise, but is, uh, her, her nerves are a little shaken by that experience from yesterday. So um we want to make sure we, we keep her in our prayers as well. Uh, so Benjamin, I think you're being asked to do the announcements tonight, so if you wouldn't mind remembering those uh, Sister Vani and, and uh brother david bass in those announcements. Uh, anybody else or anything else that we need to be made aware of? Yes, sir, we're there <laughs> <laughs> is it I, I, If it's not, I, it was about to be, according to what Sister Vani says, she said that uh uh, that she will be armed the next time she's in her yard and she's already let the neighbor know if it comes over again. Uh, yeah, it's, it won't live to jump the fence a second time. Yes, sir. Yes. Yes, thank you, uh, Brother Dwayne, for that information. So yeah, that's Scott Stouch's brother, Mark. Uh, so he had a car accident while he's out, having some things done with his heart in Texas. I think the passenger that was in the car with him was injured. And um, just, he, yeah, he's going through a real tough time with all that. Um, Scott's not feeling too well. Uh, so he, he said that he would not be able to be here tonight either. Uh, so we'll be uh, praying for him. And Brother Jimmy. Okay, so you're going in at 5.45 in the morning to Jackson. Okay, well, we'll be checking on you and praying about that this evening as well, brother. Pray that goes very well. J.P.? Yeah, I'm so sorry. So, yeah, we sure will be. Okay, so so some positive um, news about the potential for the success of this surgery. So we will be praying if that's the route that... She goes and it gives her some relief. I know she has had a really tough time with all of that. We're, we hate that she deals with all that. So let her know we miss her. Yes, Melissa? Absolutely, yes. So that's Nathan's dad. Some spots showed up after a CT scan. So we, we sure will. Um, add him to our prayer list praying he gets some better news anything else all right so we have a lot to be praying about Pray, well, let's go ahead and go to the father at this time your father thank you so much for the blessing of gathering together as your children for uh, the encouragement that opportunities like this provide for us to be able to just encourage one another and love on each other and uh, build each other up, Father. To uh, pursue a continued relationship with you and uh, we just pray, Father, that as we enter into a study tonight, that it will be beneficial, that it will um, be glorifying to you as far as uh, doing honor to your word and and to this topic that we're discussing together, Father. We've got several uh, on our heart and mind, uh, Brother David Bass, who's Dealing with COVID right now, we pray uh, that he'll get to feeling much better very soon and that the rest of the family will not get it. For Sister Vani, the issues that she's dealing with with the breast cancer, we want to pray for her. Uh, The incident that she endured yesterday, we're just praying that uh, you will um, help her have a full um, healing from uh, the wounds that she suffered and, um, Father, that uh, there'll be a resolution to that situation uh, that she'll not have to deal with anything like that um, going forward. Father, for Brother Jimmy, who's having a procedure in the morning, we pray for the success of that procedure. We do pray, if it be your will, that it can be outpatient, he can get back home quickly and, and fully recover soon. For uh, Alicia and the um, potential surgery that she has coming, we just pray that, Father, it will be exactly what she needs to to get some relief from the pain and the discomfort and the things that she's been dealing with for... Uh, quite a while. Father, for Nathan Bridges' father, we want to pray for him as um, some concerns uh, after a a CT scan. We just want to pray that he'll get some good news going forward, and if there's anything that needs to be done, it can be done quickly and effectively, and and he can enjoy uh, better health. Father, for Uncle Randy, the uh, things he's having going on with his cancer and with his heart, we just pray you be with him with those that are providing his medical care, that everything will uh, work out in accordance with your will, and he can get to feeling much better. Father, for Mark Stouch, uh, who is dealing with some issues with his heart and also uh, the car accident, we're just praying that you'll be with him, help him to fully recover, to get the treatment that he needs uh, for his heart as well. And for Scott, who's homesick, and any others we know of that are not able to be here with us tonight due to sickness, we just pray that you'll be with each of them as only you can. Father, for Brother Terry, Sister Kim, the group that is in Italy now, we're so thankful for the safety uh, that you blessed all of that group with in their travels there. We just pray that you bless them with a wonderful experience and safe weeks while there and then a safe return back home when that um, study abroad experience comes to an end. We just pray your blessings to be upon that good effort. Watch over us as only you can, Father. Forgive us of our sins. In Jesus' name, amen. I was reminded um, just today of one of the the motivations uh, that I had for entering into this uh, series of classes on worry and anxiety and depression, Um, and one of those is, is to hopefully, if there's any stigma or any taboo attached to us being open in our discussion of this with one another, um, our acknowledgement of it when we're dealing with it and our uh, sympathy for one another if, if we have a, a brother or sister in Christ that is, that is dealing with uh, these issues to be able to feel comfortable in sharing um, because there are so many who, who try to battle these issues by themselves and they don't um, reach out for help. And... Uh, I was reminded of it just, just with a news article that I came across today. I'll share with you the headline, Miss USA Chesley Christ's mom posts emotional message saying she, her daughter, battled, quote, high-functioning depression, which she hid from everyone, unquote, before jumping to her death from a New York City apartment building. You may have heard this story. The former Miss USA, um, 30 years old, jumped, uh, I think, out of a 60-story window of a an apartment complex in New York just a few days ago committing suicide. She was one of those that just to look at her, the way her mom described her, you would think she, the world was her oyster and everything was um, just wonderful in her life. She had a very successful, I think, two or three um, jobs and sources of income. Money was not a problem for her, or an issue. She apparently had a lot of friends, good relationships, and uh, as her mother, Described her um, as a high as suffering from high functioning depression. She went on to say, um, "Her mom revealed that her daughter, seemingly bubbly and vivacious, struggled from high functioning depression." Uh, her mother said, "Quote: She led both a public and a private life. In her private life, she was dealing with high functioning depression. Uh, her mental health struggles she kept." from everyone, including me, her closest confidant, until very shortly before her death. So, this is someone that looked like everything was going wonderfully, but was um, battling anxiety, depression, and uh, hid it from everyone, including her mother, uh, and then uh, decided to take her life just a few days ago. Um, I'm afraid that story could probably be told over and over again of people who struggle with these things um, and try to fight the battle all by themselves and do not reach out for that encouragement. And part of that is sometimes people worry about the reaction, particularly if it's a Christian and they've heard someone say in response to it, well, maybe you're not living right or praying enough or reading your Bible enough. And, and in fact, I have had since starting this class, I've had a couple of people that are members here who have said not not from someone who's a member here, thankfully, this was someone else, but was a Christian um, in talking about struggling with chronic anxiety. Um, someone shared with me, the person said, well, then, you know, you're, you're obviously doing something wrong in your in your spiritual life. And um, was just devastating uh, to this person who was sharing it with me because, um, you know, this person said, I-, I was trying to do everything to the best of my ability as far as my Christian walk is concerned. And and um, to be told that it's obviously some deficiency in my spiritual walk as to why I'm dealing with this uh, was, was extremely uh, hurtful and devastating to her. So, Um, Hopefully, as we go through this for for a couple more uh, classes, we'll we'll have on the tip of our tongue something other than that to say. If someone comes to us and shares that they are dealing with uh, habitual worry or anxiety or depression, that we'll have something more sympathetic, something more understanding, something more loving uh, to be able to offer in response um, to those that are struggling with these things. Um, you may remember that, that I referred to worry, depression, anxiety as a, as a gang of thieves, and, and they rob us of various things. And when I was putting together the list of things um, that, that these three um, emotions or mental states rob us of, one that came to my mind when I was reading that article that I don't think I've shared yet um, in this class is uh, they rob us of our willingness to seek help from godly friends. Um, You remember, we talked about a couple of Wednesdays ago, one of the things that worry, stress, or worry, anxiety, depression, rob us of is is hope. And um, when you start feeling hopeless, then you feel like, well, it's not going to be any point for me to share this with anyone else because there's nothing they're going to be able to say or do about it. That's... So when we are robbed of hope, we are robbed of seeing any end in sight to this this struggle, to this battle. We don't see any victory on the horizon. We don't see any way of uh, of better days being in the future. And that's that's one of the things that anxiety and depression in particular are so good at is robbing us of that hope. And then one of the byproducts of that then is, I'm not going to share this issue with anyone because what's the point? You know, that's that's the mentality of hopelessness. Why why share it? Why burden somebody else with what I'm going through? Because they're not going to be able to say or do anything to help me out of this situation. So that's one of the things that anxiety and depression robs us of. Proverbs 12, 25 says, anxiety in a man's heart weighs him down, but a good word makes him glad. And so the one of the primary takeaways for this class, I hope, will be is if this is a struggle um, for any of us, that we will not hold on to it as this deep, dark secret that we just have to live with and struggle through on a daily basis, that, that we can feel um, bold in sharing it with one another and then Uh, we can have uh, the the sympathy and and for some of us the empathy in in having um, that good word of response, that good word uh, of encouragement uh, in in response. And then one more, and then I'll I'll, uh, open the floor for anybody that has a thought or comment. Um, Another thing that anxiety and depression uh, have a tendency to rob us of is an awareness of God's presence. And that's what hopelessness does you know when you're feeling hopeless um, because the, the christian faith is, is predicated upon hope right isn't that not one of the remember a couple of wednesdays ago we were talking about uh, those three things that abide after prophecy cease after tongues cease after knowledge um, vanishes away there in first corinthians chapter 13 you get to the end and yet there are three things that abide what are those three things Faith, hope, and love. So hope is one of, the, one of those, three ten, those three pillars that, that our Christian walk is built upon, that is predicated upon. And so when we are robbed of hope, we are robbed of that, that anchor, that, that anchor that keeps us grounded in our relationship with Christ. In fact, um, turn with me, if you will, to, to Hebrews chapter 9. That's Hebrews chapter 6 And the Hebrew writer, in just a beautiful way, talks about hope and how it is an anchor for the soul. Um, of course, we know a significant portion of the first several chapters of Hebrews is the, uh, the preeminence of Christ, the superiority of the new covenant over uh, the old and, and how this um, knowledge of Christ, this relationship... Uh, with him is supposed to empower us in in, in a way that the old law uh, was not capable of doing. Um, And the promises that we have in the new covenant are superior to the promises that even Abraham and and his descendants experienced in the old covenant. So that's kind of a little bit of the comparison contrast that's going on in Hebrews chapter 6 before you get down to verses 13 through 19. Brandon, are you there? I'll ask you, if you will, to read for us verses 13 through 19. Yes, sir. All right, thank you, Brandon. So you've got that just beautiful um, description of these new and better promises that come with being part of the new covenant um, and living in this Christian dispensation. And he talks about how um, these promises provide for us this, this what should be unwavering hope and it anchors us, it anchors our soul, it sustains us, uh, provides for us this refuge. So you just got this beautiful description. Well, what anxiety and depression do is they, they rob us of that awareness, that awareness of those promises, that awareness of God's care, His love, His concern, His ability to provide for us a refuge, His uh, ability and willingness to provide for us this anchor of steadfast hope. And so when we're being robbed of hope, um, in uh, again, another thing that comes from that is we're being robbed of this um, conscious awareness of God's presence, His care, His love, and his ability to, to get us through whatever storm of life it is that that may be causing um, this, this anxiety, uh, this depression. Um, A lot of times what we feel and what we know are two different things. And we've talked about this before. Uh, Feelings are are real, but feelings are not always true, are they? Um, Did did Jacob uh, feel real, just inconsolable grief and sorrow when he believed his son Joseph was dead? Was his son Joseph dead? No. But his feelings, he, he was experiencing emotions based on what he thought was knowledge of his son having been killed. The feelings were real, but they were not based on fact. And a lot of times what we feel and what we know are, are two different things. David probably experienced uh, that in a way uh, that, that few others have. The feeling a closeness to God's presence at certain times in his life and, and feeling a great distance from God at other times in his life when he had allowed. Now, in David's case, yeah, there were times where yeah, it was his fault. You know, sometimes anxiety is brought on by things that we've not brought upon ourself. Um, it's not based on bad choices that we've made, uh, bad things that we have done. Sometimes, yes, anxiety comes from, from those things, but, but a lot of times it does not. Uh, and so David, at times, experienced anxiety, but it was based on ramifications of, of bad choices uh, that he had made. So he he understood the extremes of feeling like God was not there and feeling like he was right there uh, next to him. Turn with me to Psalm 34, and this is just a beautiful example of... Um, the relationship that God wants us to have with Him when it comes to an awareness of, an acknowledgement of, and a belief in His presence and His ability to deliver us when we're just feeling like life is, is almost too much to bear. Psalm 34, and let's look at verses 1 through 8. Brother Daniel, are you there? You'll go ahead and read that for us. Psalm 34, 1 through 8. It's rather ironic the setting for this beautiful psalm, isn't it? When did it say that what was going on in David's life when he penned these really beautiful words about God's presence, his protection, his ability to deliver us, his ability to hear, to answer, all these things that he says about the beauty of a relationship with the Lord. What's going on in his life? He is going to extremes to get himself of what he saw as a very dangerous situation. So I don't know that, you know, pretending to be a madman, you remember how it's described, him, mean, he's just letting the spit and the drool just fly out of his mouth, down into his beard. He's just acting like a lunatic. That doesn't sound like a guy who, man, the Lord's got my back. I just, he's going to get me out of this. that's David, how he's acting, what he knows, and... And maybe how he's feeling at this time—that those seem to be very contrasting things that are going on here in the setting in which as I kind of picture this, the writing of this psalm as David when he he gets away from Abimelech. Like, did I really just? Did I really just do that to get out of that? Did I really, really? Was God really gonna make sure that I was done in at that point? Was was that the end of the road for me or? Did God have my back all along? And, and I'm sure David is thinking, that, that really, man, that was a lack of faith. That was a lack of trust for me to go to this kind of, to take the matters into my own hands to this extreme, to try to get myself out of this predicament, out of this situation. And, and so one of the things that, that anxiety and depression in particular do is, is they rob us that of awareness of God's presence, and they rob us of that, that hope and trust that He has the ability To help us through whatever it is that is contributing to to this emotional state, Um, we'll, we'll get more into that here in just a minute. JP, what you got? Yes. Giving and receiving, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. so many Yeah. Exactly. Great great point, JP. It's it's one of those things where Brandon I really appreciated your your lesson Sunday and I, and I loved your uh, reference to to the father in Mark chapter nine, and, and you mentioned how he's so relatable to probably most of us, uh, maybe at times all of us if we're honest, completely honest with ourselves. You know, this is the the father who has the the demon afflicted son. You know, the the uh, the demon that has caused him to be mute, and and when the the demon comes over his son, he uh, makes him convulse and and foam at the mouth and go stiff as a board, and all all these things that that his son is experiencing um, when, when the demon overpowers him. And, and you can imagine the hopelessness because you remember first, what had he done? He'd gone to the, the apostles. He said, I, I, I tried to get them to do something and, and they, couldn't, they couldn't do anything with him. And, and he's, you know, remember Jesus asking the question, how long is this going on? And he said, well, since he was little. I mean, he's been watching this happen for years. Uh, to, to this son and he, I'm, can you imagine the, the helplessness the hopelessness and and he's probably heard stories about these men who've been traveling with Jesus not only Jesus has the ability to to cast out demons but he's probably heard the stories about them doing it as well because Jesus has, has empowered them with the ability but in this particular case I, I don't know if it was a lapse in faith or what it is with well, the disciples they, they couldn't um, cast the demon out of this father's son and and so he's coming to Jesus. He's at the end of his rope. And you know, Jesus asks him about his, his level of belief. And it's one of my favorite responses in all of Scripture, because it is so bluntly honest, isn't it? Oh, I believe. Help my unbelief. Yeah, in essence, I, I believe. I, I, mean, I want to believe so bad, but it's like he, he heard the words I believe come out of his mouth. And he's thought, no, please help my unbelief. And, and I mean he is just at the end of his rope um and you can you can understand that that mentality where this has been an issue that that has um affected him i mean there's no there's no level of hurt like when we see our children hurt right and so he's been watching this this son deal with this issue and and nothing's been able to be done and no one's been able to help and so you can just understand why he would word that response the way that he did and I think maybe sometimes for, for those that have struggled with these issues especially if it's been of a chronic nature and it's been years and, and maybe you've tried all kinds of, of things and you've seen the relief you maybe have that that same mindset Lord I I know you're there I, I believe you're there but but help me help help me feel confident in, in your presence in your awareness in your ability to to get me through this. We'll talk more about that in just a second. Peyton, what you got, brother? All right. Yes, absolutely, Peyton. Sometimes, um, you know, I, I have to chart every hospice visit that I do. You know, it's, it's all the government, you know, red tape and regulations that you're always dealing with. And um, when you are uh, charting what it is that you did on a particular um, visits, one of the options that I can put in that I did is provided nonverbal um, presence and support. In other words, I didn't provide one single word of solution to your problem or it's all going to be better or just have you taken your meds or, you know. There's been, and sometimes it's just you're there, you're, you're listening with the intention of, of understanding, not, not of providing some, some answer to this. And, and for people who are dealing with, with anxiety and depression, sometimes it's, I just need another human being to show genuine love, care, concern, and interest in me and just let me in a um, non-threatening, non, oh, here's what you need to do. Here's what you're doing wrong. Here's what you need. No, just, just provide me a, an opportunity to, to air it out. And sometimes that's, that's the best thing that we can, we can provide to a person that's, that's going through it. Yes, absolutely. A lot of people appreciate that, yeah, because then they go go ahead and say, "Yeah, I'll go ahead and let you know exactly what I need right now." Either I'm looking for an answer, or no, I just need to need to vent, brother Danny.
1: together. we to bear one another's burden to fulfill the law of Christ. Uh, sometimes you can I, I've, I've found this to be true. You ask people how they're doing all oh, I'm fine, you know, look at them and you know good and well they're not But how are you really doing yeah.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. Brother Dan, just great, great points and exactly right. Yes, Brandon? (laughs)
1: Right
0: <laughs> yes, they were great friends for the first seven days. Oh my goodness, yes, that's right, yeah. Yes, so true, Brandon. It's uh, right at the beginning of your comment there when you talked about this obsession that, that our culture in particular has with youth and, and health and success as, as it's defined in earthly terms. It's very interesting. Another article that I had read about the Miss USA um, winner who, who committed suicide that we opened class night talking about. She wrote... Um, and it was it was in an article. She had a fear and dread of turning 30. She believed that there was, and she had completely bought in to the idea that success, happiness, everything um, is is fueled by youth, by um, earthly success. And she looked at turning 30 as just the beginning of the end of her life because she had put so much emphasis on her physical attractiveness, her physical beauty, and and a lot of her life had been focused on, on those types of things, and she, she um, it drove her crazy that she allowed herself to be so consumed by that mindset, and she wished she didn't feel that way. She wished she did not dread the aging process the way that she did. It was very, very interesting, very enlightening um, the way that she, and th- this was, I think, months before um, she made the tragic decision to, to take her own life, but it It shows some of the things that contributed to this this depression that that she was in and this anxiety that um, uh, she suffered from for uh, so long leading up to her death. One of the things that we talked about, just to kind of recap briefly because our time is is almost up, the emotions that God has given us um, in and of themselves, most of them, if not all of them, are benign. They become sinful when we start acting on them in ways that are not pleasing to God. Anger is a God-given emotion. God experiences anger. Um, We experience anger. Uh, The sin comes when we allow that emotion to contribute to acting in such a way that, that is sinful, either in the way that we speak to someone or the way that we act out against uh, someone in expressing this emotion. And so worry, concern, we talked about how you know, Jesus experienced um, worry, concern, anxiousness at times. Paul talked about the fact that, that he daily dealt with his anxiety for his uh, concern for the churches. Um, he talked about Timothy, remember, con- uh, complimenting him because of the level of concern that he had for the, for the church in Philippi in particular, um, he, he said there's, there's no one uh, like Timothy in that he shares with me my feeling of, of genuine concern for you. And, and so there, there's a natural component to this emotion when it becomes sinful and displeasing to God is when um, we allow it to, to rob us of the trust that God wants us to have in him to, to help us navigate these difficult things in life um, Matthew chapter eleven, uh, you remember this is we've talked about this before and I know our time is just about up, but this is when John is in prison he sent the two disciples to Jesus with the question, "Are you the coming one or should we look for another?" And the end of Jesus's response to them to take back to John in Matthew chapter eleven verse six is "Blessed is he who is not offended because of me that's the way it's translated in the, in the King James new King James it's translated in other ways in other translations, um, made to stumble or made to fall away, depending on the translation that you're reading from, the Greek word that is translated as offend or or made to fall away, made to stumble, it means um, a, a desire or an urge to desert or abandon the one that you should trust and obey. And that was just so interesting to me when I kind of spent some time meditating upon what it is that Jesus was saying, the message that he was sending back to John. Blessed are those who are not offended by me. In other words, blessed are those that no matter what life throws at them, no matter what circumstance they are faced with, no matter how much they may misunderstand at times um, my, who I am and, and how I work and how I operate, you know, as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are God's ways and his thoughts higher than ours we can't begin to fathom his workings. And at times that causes frustration and confusion for us. And, and it may cause, um, and it may be that John, at this point in time in his life, as good of a man as he was, you remember before, after the, the disciples of John leave, Jesus says to the crowd gathered, you know, of those born of, of woman, there's none greater than John the Baptist. He, he gives him as good of a compliment as can be given to a human being. And And yet maybe Jesus is seeing in this question that John has sent these disciples to Jesus with is John is feeling a temptation to just give up on this whole belief that he has had in who Jesus is all during the course of his earthly ministry. And so Jesus is saying, listen, no matter what your life circumstances are, no matter how much you may not understand why you're going through what you're going through or what you're going through... Do not allow those feelings, do do not allow those emotions to take you to the point of now deserting and abandoning the one that you should trust and obey. And so that's when these emotions uh, can become sinful and displeasing to God is these are natural emotions if they are kept in their proper place. Um, But when we allow worry to run amok, it becomes... Anxiety, and then when anxiety chooses to camp out, it, it becomes depression and in that, sometimes there's a temptation for us if we' if we're going through that is in that hopelessness, lord i don't I don't feel your presence, I don't really think you're there for me, I don't anymore trust in your promises um, that you've revealed in scripture. That's when these emotions take us beyond where they're they're natural and they're benign and they become now where they're harming us and harming our relationship with the Lord. We'll get more into some solutions, Lord willing, next Wednesday. We've been talking about the problem a lot, but we don't want to just talk about the problem and say, well, you know, good luck to all of us. We're going to start talking about some solutions and some ways to help us through this next Wednesday, Lord willing. Thank you so much for your good comments and and, um, attention tonight.